from the Thai Cats Audio Network. This is Thai Cats Today. Yes, it is Thai Cats Today for a Thursday, June the 23rd, 2022. The Hamilton Tiger Cats in the air on their way to Winnipeg for their week three matchup against the Blue Bombers. Louis Butko here on the Tiger Cats Audio Network getting you set for that game. Coming up on today's show, we'll hear from Dane Evans, QB1 of your Hamilton Tiger Cats. We'll hear from Dylan Wynn. And we'll be joined by the CFL on TSN, Sarah Orleski, to get a preview on tomorrow night's game. Speaking of a preview, uh, you can check out a brand new episode of Speaking with the Enemy, now available wherever you found this podcast on the Ticats Audio Network. You can catch a new episode of the Coach O Show, now available on the Ticats Audio Network, and uh, soon to be available, if it's not already, but it should be, uh, very soon. It's a a brand new episode of Ticats This Week with RJ Broadhead and Luke Tasker, of course, the two men who will have the call of tomorrow night's game right here on the Ticats Audio Network. Uh, lots to get to. Let's check out the depth chart as I hold in my hand how the Ticats will line up tomorrow night against the Bombers. 8.30 kickoff, 7.30 is when our, we kick off our pregame coverage. As Steve Clark filling in for Bubba O'Neill. He'll be joined by Andy Fantus, as always, on Tiger Cats pregame, presented by Journey Rewards. Uh, let's see how the Ticats will line up and some big news that happened this morning. Uh, coming a bit of a surprise to just about everybody. As up front, at left tackle, you got uh, you got Riley going again at left tackle. At left guard, no Brandon Rebenberg. And I believe, and I'll double check this, uh, but I believe this is the first game Brandon Rebenberg has ever missed in his career. And we found out today, Brandon Rebenberg not going to be going in this one. So K. Oakford gets to start. At left guard, Jesse Gibbon is the starting center. Travis Vorncall is at right guard. Chris Van Zyl at right tackle. Uh, Noah Pickett will be backing up Jesse Gibbon at center. The receivers, no change. You got Stephen Dunbar Jr., you got Tim White, you got Jake Burt, Braylon Addison, a game time decision. So we'll keep our eye on that one. Pappy White is backed up by Tyler Ternowski, who was activated off the six game injured list this week. And David Ungerer III is backed up by Keandre Smith. In the defense, up front, Mason Bennett at defensive end, Micah Johnson at nose tackle, Dylan Wynn back in the lineup after missing last week on the one-game injured list, Julian Hauser at DN, linebackers, Simone Lawrence, Jovan Santos, Knox, Cam Kelly from left to right, and in the secondary, no change from last week, it's Jamal Roll and Siante Evans at the corner, Darby Jr. and uh, Richard Leonard at the half, and Tunde Adelke at free safety. Mike Domagala is the kicker. Uh, Sean LeRae is the punter. Ed Gordon White's long snapper. And Lawrence Woods the third will handle the kick and punt return. And I, I said Sean LeRae. That's Simon LeRae. Make sure I get that one right. So no Bailey Feltmate. No Felix Garan Gauthier. No Brandon Revenberg. And no Lee Autry the second. So yeah, that's how the Ticats will be lining up against the Bombers. For more, let's hear on. Uh, let's hear from Dylan Wynn, who's making his return to the lineup. Here's what he had to say after practice this week. I don't think I'm going to play. I think I'm going to take the day off, um, relax a little bit, you know. Who knows? No, I feel good. It was fun running around, having a good time. We're always a pretty tight uh, D-line. Obviously, there's stuff that, you know, we want to tighten up even more. And early in the season, that's how it always goes. But... You know, it's a good group of guys on and off the field. Um, good guys to hang out with, good guys to work with. Works a joy. 
just we want to win. We want to win, and that's uh, it. Doesn't matter who we line up against. That's our focus, and that's something we need to do. Oh, never enough sacks for my lacking. Um, but what do you see there? What we see, I mean, the best the best way I could put it is my dad told me one time, you know, uh, good advice from an oil baron. It's you know, you go to work early, you leave late. One day you just strike oil. So, you know, we just do what we got to do and you work and you work and you work and not trying to make any plays that are outside of your scheme or, um, but eventually they come, you know, if you ask any D lineman in this league, we're all kind of a superstitious bunch. And, uh, you know, when they come, they start coming. So it's just keeping your nose to the grindstone, keep working and, you know, let, let that kind of stuff work itself out. Good stuff happens to those who work, so. He's a premier quarterback in this league, and it's it's shown. I'm pretty sure he was the MOP last year. Or if not, definitely should have been um, top-tier quarterback in this league. And any top-tier quarterback that's had success in the CFL knows how to manage pocket presence and knows how to, you know, make their O-line look really good and knows how to, you know, feel the flow of the game. And um, that is absolutely a challenge going into this week. But, you know, we have a lot of premier quarterbacks in this league in general, and so... It makes our job really fun because we're going against top tier talent. Yeah, it's uh, it's like I said, it's just continue to do the right things, and eventually you get, you know, you strike oil. It's um, we just got to keep doing our base fundamentals and doing what we know works. And yeah, it can get frustrating at times, but just because it's frustrating doesn't mean we're gonna play any outside of our ability or outside of our scheme. You know, we're just gonna continue to do the right things and continue to do the fundamentals and. You know, the rest takes care of itself. Yeah, man. I, yeah, I wanted to. I want to give a shout out to Canusis. Uh, it's pretty awesome. They're starting back up uh, after the COVID stuff, and it's a good. You know, if if for anybody that doesn't know about it, it's uh, it's awesome. It gives families from Hamilton and Flint kind of, you know, they switch off, and you see both sides, and it's it's great for everybody. If you haven't checked it out, please check it out. That is Dylan Wynn as he spoke after practice this week. And if you check the video of that, which you can always do at tightcats.ca for full practice scrums, uh, you'll notice that he is wearing a Canusa Games shirt. And we'll let you know that the 2022 Canusa Games will be held in Flint, Michigan this year and back in person after the pandemic. It'll be going down Friday, August 5th to Sunday, August 7th. And if you want more information, canusagames.com. Com, a great, great program that's been going on for a very long time. And uh, you got uh, Dylan Wynn showing his support for that. All right, let's hear from the quarterback. Here's Dane Evans as he spoke after practice this week, getting set for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I think it's great, man, because, like, yeah, was it hot? Yes, but, like, no one complains about it. You know, it just – if you complain about it, it's just going to make it worse, right? Like, there's nothing you can do. Nobody has a portable AC like that. So, um no, it was great. I loved how the guys pushed through it. Um, I, will it be this hot this week coming up in the game? Probably not. So I think that was to our advantage, um, especially being on the short week. Um, the best thing for a sore body is heat anyway, right? So it's like we were playing in the sauna. It was awesome. They're good, man. I mean, obviously two-time Grey Cup champs. We've seen them a lot recently. Um, they're a great defense. Um, overall, a great team. But specifically, you know, I've been watching the D. Um, great defense, so um, we definitely know who, who we got to respect and all that. Um, we, I think we have a good plan in place, um, and really what it's going to come down to is just execution for us, man. Um, I'm probably going to say that a lot this year because I think that's what it's really going to come down to for, for, the team, for this 2022 team is if we execute, I mean, y'all saw what we can do in the first half 
um, last week. So we just got to stay the course, execute, and then when it comes down to crunch time, we just got to finish, man. Yeah, um, we just we got to just figure out that uh, you know we can't be scoreboard watching. I think is kind of the biggest thing for us. Um, doesn't matter if we're up or we're down. It, it, something my dad always told me that's always stuck with me is that uh, it, it doesn't even matter who you're playing. It, it's about how well you can execute. That's what this game's all about, especially offensively. Defense is all about reactions, right? You got to react to the set and stuff like that. But offense, the greatest thing about offense is you get to dictate everything. Um, so it's all about executing against whatever look you get. It, it doesn't even matter who's out there. You just got to take what they're giving you. You got to know how to adjust everything on the fly. And we just got to figure that out a little bit better. And, um, you know, we just got to stay the course also. We, we just, we can't, there's no need to panic. We can't try to score 49 points on one play because n nobody can do that. You know, you, you, it's, you can't do that. Just, yeah, who do you want me to start with? <laughs> I mean, you're trying to throw it to anybody. Yeah, I mean... Just everybody knows that I think B.A. is one of the most versatile players in this league. Um, much like Dembski, you know, he, they can do everything. Backfield, put him out there. We put him at quarterback last week, too. He's just a football player, man. I, I think I've said a couple years ago, he's one of the best football players I've ever played with at any level. Um, then you got Pop out there at Y. I, I love Poppy, you know, Oklahoma kid. Um, somebody that's going to play hard every time. And um, will he will he make a mistake? Just he's human, right? Yeah, that happens, but he's going to do it 100% and he's going to play ball, man. Like I, I love seeing him get the ball in his hands. And you got Dave and Ternowski out there. I would say they're some of the best Canadians in the league out at, at the Z receiver. And then Steve and Tim in the boundary. I mean, first of all, Steve is huge with a big catch radius. And he has he kind of brings the attitude for the receivers, right? He kind of has that attitude about him, kind of the swag that everybody feeds off of. And then Tim is Tim, man. I mean, have you seen someone more explosive? Like, the dude should be in the Olympics right now. So um, I, I love those guys. And, and it's just – I'm so happy when they get chances to have the rack and explosions like that because I see how hard they work every week, you know. And, and you know, too, Louie, how we ask them to come in the backfield and block sometimes. And I know they didn't sign those contracts to do that, but that's how unselfish they are, you know. Um, so when things like that are happening, it's just awesome, man. And it gets the O-line excited. It gets the receivers excited. So – that, that gets me excited. That is Dane Evans as we caught up with him at practice this week. Hoping for a big game from him. And a lot of praise for his receivers, and rightfully so. They had a great game across the board last week. And, uh, you know, Dane really shouting out. No, agreed. And look, you'll obviously take the, if you're the Bombers, you'll take that 2 nothing or that 2 and 0 record. Absolutely. Um, two wins are two wins in this. But there's a lot of areas that they're looking to clean up and continue to build upon for it. Absolutely going into this one. I think it sets up a really compelling week three matchup between these two teams, not only because of the obvious history that we know that these clubs have with the last two great cups, but then also um, just with the way that their seasons have started so far that and Winnipeg has been so dominant at IG field over the last several years that they're going to want to put on another good show and take another step forward. They have the ground game that one expects uh, from them. The offense has been slower moving. Obviously the number of yards that they're giving up uh, through the air in particular is something that they're looking to shore up. So they're looking to continue to make some positive steps this week. And it'll be interesting to see how the Ticats bounce back after uh, their first two losses of the season.
Zach Calaris is coming off an MOP season and there's no question in his abilities and what he is able to do, uh, but his numbers don't really tell the whole story on what he's done this season as, as he's made plays. But Zach has to be thinking that there's, there's more to his game than what we've seen through the first two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think that any, you know, any players looking to continue to build upon him, this isn't what one would have expected considering what we've seen um, recently from them, but this in terms of recent seasons with it. But um, there's still, I think, trying to get back into the groove of things. And even though he didn't play, nobody played preseason last year. Zach didn't play any of the preseason games this year. And I think find some new chemistry with or reignite some of the chemistry that he had of his receivers last year. Obviously, we've seen that he and Greg Ellingson, um, you know, have been able to have success early on. And I think they just want to continue to build on it. But I don't think that they came into this season and they knew that they knew that this was going to be a challenging season. They were not going to necessarily be able to dominate the same way that we saw in 2021 or the gate. It's it is. It's about continuing to build on it. There's a lot there, but they're finding ways to win. And, and Zach continues to get the job done. But you know that he's looking for more and has high expectations for himself as well. You mentioned Greg Ellingson and uh, Zach and he were teammates back in 2014 here in Hamilton. That was a long time ago, but he, he they seem to have reignited some chemistry that maybe they would have had in 2014, because what have you seen from those two in practices at camp and through the first two games that that makes you think they have the potential to be one of those uh, deadly uh, quarterback receiver combos in the CFL? Well, we always like bringing up the fact that they, you know, that they have this history together. But obviously, as you mentioned, it was a number of years ago, and it really wasn't that long that they were together either. It's it's not as if they were together for several seasons or even really the full season with it. But I think that part of the benefit too is that this is you have a veteran receiver in Greg Ellingson, so I think that that helps just inherently with the transition in getting these two um, on the same page for it, just his knowledge of the CFL game and being able to adapt quicker with it. But then also, I think that um, just that the, the chemistry that can exist between the two of them and just that that's almost that safety net that he can be just because of the experience that he has be able to go and Greg, has something to prove as well obviously his season in Edmonton did not go the way that he would have anticipated it going or wanted to and still feels as if he has a lot to show people as well so I think that there is uh there is an incentive for both that um to make this work and they've been able certainly to capitalize on it and early returns have been good and we'll see whether or not they're able to add to it going forward one of the big storylines of the offseason for the Bombers was, of course, the uh, departure of Andrew Harris. And uh, there was always a lot of confidence in uh, Oliviera and, uh, and Johnny Augustine. And they seem to have been splitting reps pretty evenly in terms of yards, at least. Uh, do you see one of those guys taking kind of the A role in the running back? Or is it already Oliviera? Or how do you see those two working? Because uh, it was the three of them last year, but now it's the two. How do you see that, that duo working in the backfield? Well, and that was one of my one of my questions going in even to um, their first game was how are you going to utilize it? Because it was obviously it was always Andrew Harris's backfield. And then um, whether Brady and Johnny both had success when they um, had spot duty in there or if Andrew was injured and, and Brady stepped in. But it was never 
it was never as if it was a 50-50 or a shared backfield. I mean, that was always Andrew Harris's hmm. field or different. And I think that the um, the mantle, the crown had been passed to Brady for it. And it's been a slow start. And there's no, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you can just look at his, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but just his yards per carry have been, uh, have been really low and they haven't been able to get that, that ground game going that has been such a staple for them. And that has been able as you know, that passing game takes a while to get going. Well, they always had the, um, they always had that ground game and they had Andrew Harris to rely on. So I think that it'll be interesting to see. It's not obviously all on, it's obviously not all on the backs. I think that the, uh, you know, got to look at the offensive line too, um, that maybe has had a little bit of a, at, in some ways, a little bit of a slower start than what we've seen um, in previous years. But I think that even though the expectation is that this would be Brady's primarily with Johnny getting a healthy workload, I think that it's very much up in the air. Um, or I think that it should be for it. Right? They're two the backs. And I think that the potential is there to utilize them differently than um, than the way that it had in the past when it was um, Andrew Harris's team, for lack of a better um, phrase. And so I think that it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I think that the opportunity is there though. If Johnny comes out and really starts to um, provide success for them, I don't think that it's just that it's a, a given the way that it was in the past, but there's opportunity there. They're going to need both of them to be able to have success this season. And so it just it gives Buck Pierce also different options. Right. So we'll see which one gets going first. I can't wait. One of the things I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing how um, the these two lines um, go up against each other in this game here and and the the challenge of um, Hamilton's defensive line and uh, going up against this offensive line. It'll be a great it'll be a great challenge and a great battle on Friday night. Yeah, Micah Johnson and uh, Dylan Wynn up front for the uh, the Ticats should be a, a lot of fun. What's this game going to come down to? You mentioned the the battle on the on in the front there at, at the line. What else do you think this game is uh, is going to come down to? Well, I mean, there's just there's so many different stories. I mean, look, if you look from Hamilton's standpoint, he you have to look at the finishes, right? Obviously, I mean, I know that it's not what um, any of them want to really focus in on because you're only two games in, but there's no doubt that they need to be able, I think, to show that they can close out a game. Winnipeg has given up a ton of yards. Um, obviously, they're not happy with that. As I mentioned earlier, that goes without saying. I think they're last in the league in terms of uh, in terms of yards allowed, passing yards allowed, and so that's something that they need to clean up as well. I just think that both of these teams have the ability to exploit the other based on what we've seen so far. And so, uh, you know, if this is one of those games that comes down to the final three minutes or that final play, as we've often seen when these two teams meet up with each other, I wouldn't be surprised. Some, somebody needs to really um, assert some dominance in one of these. I just don't know which one, to be honest, I just don't know which one it's going to be. I think that it could, you can easily make arguments for both teams to either, you know, the Bombers to either come out 3-0 and or for the Ticats to get their first win of this. Well, it should be fun, and uh, you'll have the, uh, the, the, all the news and notes for us on the sidelines tomorrow night, so we appreciate you connecting here tonight, Sarah. So thank you so much for doing this. Appreciate it. Hey, it's also supposed to be potentially raining. Oh. So 
I don't want, and I know that Thai Cats uh, fans are well versed in having the dealing with the rain. <laughs> Everything is so we're here, but I, I'm not looking forward to after some beautiful weather that we've seen so far. Uh, I begrudgingly looked at the forecast and thought, oh, no thunderstorms. So I'm hoping that there's some sort of, that there's some sort of change in that weather become uh, an issue. But if it does, you know, that that obviously adds a, uh, an uncontrolled element to this game as well that could factor into it. We'll get Matthew Shinetti to uh, send over his inspector gadget uh, raincoat for you. No, I might just ask him if he'll come in and do this game. I had a really, I used to be known for rain following me all the time. In fact, a lot of the uh, officiating crews will come up to me before and look at the sky and I go, Hey, a great track record now. I don't know what you're looking at me for. I now the sun was me. It was Shinetti that had a, you know, last season had the worst weather um, and I left out. So I don't know, maybe he can be the rain guy now and uh, we can fly him in for this game and he can take care of it. I'll only deal with sun and warm temperatures. <laughs> I think you've earned that right. You can, you can do that, Sarah. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks for having me. My thanks to Sarah Orleski for making some time to join me today. And uh, I didn't want to bring it up with her, but my my brain went back to, uh, believe it was 2016, Ticats in Winnipeg taking on the Bombers, a two and a half hour lightning delay. Uh, so hopefully Sarah avoids and the Ticats avoid some Bad weather this weekend, tomorrow in Winnipeg, but we'll keep our eye on that. Hoping she stays nice and dry, or hopefully Shinetti uh, pulls through and ends up taking the game from her. All right, that'll do it for us today. That'll do it for me this week. I will be back Monday recapping Friday's game, but remember, Thai Cats, the Thai Cats Audio Network, your exclusive home of game day coverage. It'll start with Tiger Cats game day with Courtney Steven and Mike Daly, and we'll lead right into kickoff when RJ Broadhead and Luke Tasker. Have the call at 8.30. Preceding that, of course, is Tiger Cats pregame with Steve Clark filling in for Bubba O'Neill alongside Andy Fantuz. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the game. I'm Louis Butko for the Ticats Audio Network. Hoping you have a great day. Ticats Today can be heard every weekday, and we would like to hear from you. Email us at gameday at ticats.ca. Have a question or an opinion? We want to hear it. That's gameday at ticats.ca. Subscribe to the Ticats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.